good evening. I'm glad you're with me tonight and uh, coming to you again from Kitchen at Our House. And during this time, we are uh, not having uh, services at the building due to the COVID-19. And so, but we're glad you're with us tonight. We are live streaming on Facebook and on a podcast. And whichever way you're listening to us tonight, let me just say God bless you and we appreciate you being here. Uh, again, we're going to be doing this as long as we're in this situation. Um, we'll be here until we can move back to the building. And uh, then once we move back to the building and able to open up, we are still going to live stream. Uh, we have found that we've had people from all over the place um, uh, watch videos and, you know, send comments and things like that. And, and we're just really excited about that. But again, uh, thanks for being with us. And I do pray the Lord will bless you tonight. And again, a lot of folks to pray for, pray for the situation that's going on around the country and uh, pray that God will just uh, deliver us from this pandemic and give our leaders wisdom. So tonight, let's go ahead and pray. We're going to get right into the message tonight. I'll tell you what's going on in a moment. And so let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to bless us tonight. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the way you have blessed us. Father, you have been so good, so good. Father, yes, we're going through a hard time right now. There are people that may be a little bit discouraged or depressed. I pray you give them encouragement of heart tonight. Father, those that are sick tonight, I pray you bring healing. Father, for this disease that's going around, this COVID-19, I pray you bring healing. And Father, I pray you miraculously take it away from our country. And Father, I just pray that tonight the Holy Spirit would do a work in every heart in our country. Bring revival. Use this to touch people and bring them to Jesus. And Father, I pray you'd help us all to look at our lives during this time and help us to take self-inventory. And now, Father, I pray that you get glory tonight out of all that's done. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, tonight, I want you to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1. The book of Revelation, chapter 1. Let me get you to turn there with me tonight, get you to look there. Revelation chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible, let me encourage you to, you can open on an iPad or a smartphone and look at Revelation 1. And uh, tonight, what we're going to do, just to let you know what we are doing, and uh, we are going to start a short series on the book of Revelation. We'll be in the book of Revelation tonight and probably the following night, a three-week series and uh, on the book of Revelation. So let me encourage you. Uh, to be with us each time or to watch the video each time. My goal is to help you understand the book of Revelation and give you kind of an overview of the book. So let's look in the book of Revelation tonight. We're going to read verse 1, Revelation 1.1. We'll read down to verse 8, and then we're going to get into the message tonight and give you an introduction to the book of Revelation tonight, an introduction. Look at verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before the throne of God. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse seven, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. 
Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Again, tonight in this hour, we're going to start a series on the book of Revelation. Like I said, I uh, I intend to do at least three messages. I may do four, but uh, at least three messages on the book of Revelation. Start this. Now, there's two things I want to say up front about this study. Two things I want to say up front, I want to get out of the way. I do want to uh, tell you about. Number one, for the type of study that we are doing, I will not be teaching verse by verse. I know if you've been around me any length of time at all, if you haven't, let me just tell you, I love doing verse by verse teaching or preaching. I love that. I love picking passages out and going verse by verse by verse by verse by verse. And in fact, in my Sunday school class, I usually do a uh, book of the Bible. In fact, we're in 1 Corinthians right now, and we're in chapter 15. In fact, we're not there now, but that's where we were before we uh, went to the online service here. But uh, I normally go verse by verse through those books. Well, tonight, as we look at the book of Revelation, we're not going to be able to start in Revelation 1-1 and go through Revelation 22-1, not in three or four weeks. We're not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to go verse by verse. What I intend to do tonight, that's the second thing I want to say, is I want to, over the next few weeks, I want to give you an overview of the book of Revelation. And the purpose of that is to help you understand the book of Revelation. You know, there's a lot of people today that claim they cannot understand the book of Revelation. They come to it, they read a little bit about it, and they leave saying, man, I can't understand that. I have no idea what's going on that on there. And often, let me also add right here, often you hear that about the whole Bible. You hear it about the Bible. You'll have people to say, well, you know, I don't, I can't understand the Bible. I tried to read it. I can't understand it. And, uh, and then you know what you have? Some people use that as an excuse not to read the Bible at all. Well, let me just tell you tonight that you can understand the Bible. Did you hear what I said? You can understand the Bible. Those of you that are listening to me tonight, you can understand the Bible. And let me also say this tonight. You can understand the book of Revelation, the book we are looking at right now. You can understand it. Now, let me just say this. Let me insert right here and just say this. I do not believe, and I, I'm serious about this. I do not believe that God would give us a book called the Bible that we could not understand. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe God would give us this book that we couldn't understand or that he would not give us a way to understand it. Did you catch that? I do not believe God would give us a book that he would not allow us to understand or would make it too hard for people to understand. You know, and, and let me just say, one does not have to be a Bible college or seminary graduate to understand the Bible. You don't have to be that. You don't have to be a Bible college or seminary graduate to understand the Bible. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't even have to have a 12th grade education. You know what I love? One of the authors that I love to read after is a fellow named H.A. Ironside. H.A. Ironside, as far as I know, and, and let me, well, let me just say this. As far as I know, I have all of H.A. Ironside's commentaries on the Bible. I have every one, as far as I know. There's some question about whether they're deep or whether they're devotional commentaries or something like that. And, and uh, you know, and but one thing people say about the commentaries is that they are warm. You know, people talk about the warmth of the commentaries. Well, you know, when you think about H.A. Ironside, H.A. Ironside wrote over 60 books, along with several or numerous pamphlets and articles, wrote several books, uh, 60 books and numerous pamphlets. Uh, pamphlets and articles. He pastored the Moody Memorial Church in Chicago from 1930 to 1948. He received honorary degrees. He was a conference speaker. 
He taught at the college level. He saw scores of people saved over the years through his preaching and his teaching of the word of God. It has been encouragement to others for years. Now, what's my point? What's my point? H.A. Ironside had no formal training, no formal training. He only finished the eighth grade. Did you hear that? He only finished the eighth grade. He was a self-taught student, and God used him in a mighty way to preach and teach the word of God and write books and things like that. But think about it, folks. He didn't have that formal education, yet he had an understanding of the word of God that is unparalleled among people today. Unparalleled. Here's a man that understood the word of God, even though no formal training. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to illustrate the point is that you can understand the Bible. Let me encourage you. You can understand the Bible. You can understand the book of Revelation. Now, right here, let me just say this. There are some keys to understanding the Bible. There are some keys. I've done this before. I've given this out. I've preached entire messages on this. But let me just give you four keys to understanding the Bible real quick. Four quick keys to understanding the Bible. Number one, you must be saved. You must be born again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 tells us the natural man, the unsaved man, cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. My friend, if you want to understand the Bible, you want to understand what God is saying to you from the Bible, the first thing you need to get right is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, the first thing you need to do is you need to be saved. If you want to understand the Bible, you need to be saved. You need to be born again. Number two, you want to understand the Bible? It's going to take the Spirit of God. Now think about what I'm saying there. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12, 13, and 14 tells us that the Spirit of God is there to reveal things of the Bible or to real, reveal the truths of God to us. Now think about this. If you're saved tonight, if you know Christ is your Savior, and this is why you need to be saved, if you know Christ, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. He indwells you. Jesus himself in John 14 said that when he sent him to us, that he would be in us. And when you get saved, you become a child of God. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within you, takes up residence within you. First Corinthians chapter three and verse 16, first Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 tells us that our body is the temple, of the Holy Ghost of God, which is in us. He indwells within me and he indwells with you. If you're saved, he is in you. He is in you. And one of his works, one of his works, one of the reasons he is with us is to open our understanding about the things of God. That's why he was there. Jesus in John chapter 14 and verse 26 said he would show us all things. John 16 and verse 13 talks about him revealing things to us. Folks, think about that for a minute. It's the Holy Spirit's job to teach us things. What you and I need to do is when we come to the Bible, we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to open the, our understanding of the things of God. And he is there to teach us the word of God. Let me give you the third key to understanding the Bible. You need to be saved, the aid of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, study. I know somebody says, man, I hate that word study. Hey, so do I. I am a person, you know, I, in fact, I tell people this. I think it's amazing God called me to preach. You say, why? I hate to study. I was not a studier in high school. I was not a studier in grade school. I got by by the skin of my teeth. I did get good grades because I, I, you know, but, you know, but I didn't study a lot. And I got to tell you, when I start studying, I hate to start. But one of the things I have found is once I start studying the Bible, one of the things I know people tease me about 
is I get too many notes. I, te- I study too much, they say. You know, because you look at some of my notes from the messages and you look down at them and say, how in the world did you get a message out of that mess on that page? You know, it's because I, 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 once I start, I love it and I dig into it. But let me tell you, if you want to understand the Bible, you need to study. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You want to understand the Bible? If you're saved, you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit. He is there to aid you. You know what you need to do? You need to study. You need to study. You need to spend time reading the Bible. You need to spend time meditating upon it. You need to spend time comparing Scripture with Scripture. You know, I I, I tell people all the time, I have several commentaries in my office, study books to help me understand the Bible. But can I tell you what the best commentary on the Bible is? It's the Bible itself. Let the Bible show you what it means. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Why? God wrote this, had, had men write this over a, 1600 year period, 40 different men, and they're in agreement, and they will help you understand the word of God. They will help you understand the Bible. And then pray over it and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the knowledge of it. Pray over it. But study, study the word of God. And then, number four, you want to understand the Bible? Submission to the will of God. Jesus said in John 7 17, if you would do his will, you would know the doctrine. You would know the doctrine. You would know the instruction. You know the truth of God. My friend, you and I can understand the Bible if we'll get those four things right. Number one, you save. Number two, the aid of the Holy Spirit. Number three, study. And then number four, submit yourself to the will of God, doing the will of God. But again, let me just say this tonight. You can understand the Bible. And I want you to know tonight, very specifically, you can understand the book of Revelation. Now, Let's get into the book of Revelation. Let's center our attention on the book of Revelation tonight, on it and understanding it. Now, tonight, what I want to do is give you three truths about the book of Revelation, three truths about the book of Revelation. And I believe these truths, if you grab them, will help you understand the book of Revelation. They'll help you. They may not give complete understanding tonight. We'll give you more next week and the following week to help you understand the book of Revelation. But I think there are three things up front that I want to give you tonight to help you understand the book of Revelation. Now, let me give them to you real quick. Number one, this is a book of prophecy. This is a book of prophecy. Understand that real quick and understand that. Somebody's going to say, what do you mean, bro? Scott's a book of prophecy. I know that already. I know it's a book of prophecy. Well, I say that because I want you to be clear on it. This is a prophetic book. This is a book that deals with Bible prophecy. Now, I say that because there are some people today that will tell you the book of Revelation is not about prophecy. It's not about future events. It's not about things to come. It's not about that at all. They'll tell you the book of Revelation is about history, and they try to take it and go other directions with it, or they try to say other things. They try to read a lot into the book of Revelation and try to explain what the Bible plainly says away. But what you and I need to understand tonight is that this is a book that is full of prophetic events, It's full of prophetic themes, and it's full of prophetic symbolism. Understand that. It is full of that. And and what you find here is that you will find that it is full of future prophetic events, future prophetic events. And there are things in here you look at and you say, what in the world is going on? And in fact, some of the pictures we see in the book of Revelation, you're going to say, wow, where... Bro, Scott, some of that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I thought about some of that too. You know, and you got to remember, God was using John 
to write, the apostle John to write this book. He said, John, write what you see. And so John, in his vocabulary, was writing. He was aided by the Holy Spirit, but the John, but John was aided in that, and and he wrote. But you know, have you thought about some of the things you see hit there? Uh, can you imagine that? Uh, think about it for a minute. John lived in the first century, lived under Ro Roman rule. He was on an island called Patmos, and and the Lord gave him this great vision of what was going to happen down the road. And and can I be honest with you? Some of it, John probably could not fathom. I mean, you think about these things with fire coming out and things like that that you read in the book of Revelation. And, you know, one of the things I thought, I wonder if John was describing things he saw that he didn't fully understand. So he described it in the best way he could. And I wonder if John was seeing modern tank warfare and different things like that. I have no idea. But think, what John was seeing was future prophetic events. Things are going to take place down the road. That's what the Lord gave him. And in fact, the kind of writing that we find in here in the book of Revelation has been called apocalyptic literature, apocalyptic literature. I say that because Revelation at times has been called the apocalypse, the apocalypse. And I'll get into a definition of that in a moment. But understand what you have here is a prophetic book. This book deals with prophetic events. This book deals with prophetic themes. It deals with future things that are on the horizon, things that are going to take place one of these days, according to the Bible, the Word of God. Things are going to take place. So that's the first thing you need to realize. The book of Revelation is a prophetic book. Number two, let's talk about the scope of the book of Revelation. The scope of the book of Revelation, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is, what does the book of Revelation entail? What time period does it entail? Things of that nature. To understand the book of Revelation, I believe you need to understand the scope of its prophecy, the scope. Now, what I'm going to do tonight is share a chart with you. Now, if you've been around me or if you've seen me speak before and you've heard me speak on prophetic themes, um, uh, I like charts and I will draw a chart once in a while and pass out to help people understand. In fact, the other night I was talking to somebody, they opened their Bible and they have one of my timelines, one of my prophecy timelines. And so for tonight, I put a prophecy timeline together. In fact, in the notes section, I believe I'm right. I'm looking over here for help. And it's in the notes section, right? It's under the comments. Okay, it's not in the comments. It's on the page. It's on the page there uh, where, where we have. But I'm going to step forward here and share this chart tonight. And this is just a chart I drew up. It's not professional. It is uh, something that... Uh, um, um, it, uh, it's something that is not professional, but it is a chart that will just help you understand the scope of the book of Revelation, what the book of Revelation covers. Now, right here, obviously, this is my timeline, and it starts here and goes all the way across the page. This is a timeline, and my timeline starts basically just before the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. But for all practical purposes tonight, we're going to start the timeline with the death of Jesus. The time period between the death of Jesus and the rapture, this event right here where the arrow is going up, I've called it the rapture, the rapture of the church. I'll be preaching on that next Sunday morning. And But the time period between the cross when Jesus died and the rapture, we call the church age. Students of the Bible have called it the church age. Now, there are multitudes of reasons for that, but it is based on some beliefs about Revelation 2 and 3, and we'll get into that next Sunday night, but but uh, we call it the church age, and that is the age that you and I live in. 
Now, one of the questions that people have is, where do we live? Where are we at in the church age? Now, most people believe we're right over here. We're coming to the end of the church age. That's where most people think we are. They think we're in the last of the last days. But the next event, as far as we know, on God's prophetic calendar, as far as we know, there's one other event in Scripture that could take place, the battle of the uh, uh, of um, the, the battle in Ezekiel 38-39, not Armageddon, the Ezekiel 38-39 battle could take place in our day and age. We're not sure when that is going to take place. That has been a question and debate and division among Bible students and people that study prophecy for years. And and uh, But as far as we know, the next event on God's prophetic calendar is a rapture. Now, after the rapture, sometime after the rapture, we're not sure how long it's going to be. Uh, some people believe that the rapture starts the tribulation period. It does not. It does not. The rapture doesn't start the tribulation period. But a short period of time after the rapture, the tribulation period will begin. And the event that starts the tribulation period is the covenant with Israel, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, where he says he will, he will make a covenant for one week. And that will start, that will start the tribulation period. And the tribulation period covers Revelation 6 through 19, chapter 6 through 19. Seven years of tribulation. The event that ends the tribulation period is the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is found in Revelation chapter 19. At that point, you also have the battle of Armageddon. So next time somebody says, hey, we're, we're getting close to Armageddon. Hey, folks, I know Armageddon is at least seven years away, and I will not be here. Why? Because the rapture is going to take place, and shortly thereafter, the seven-year tribulation will start. And the battle of Armageddon doesn't happen until the end, to the end of the tribulation period. So understand that. At that point, when Jesus comes back, there'll be a judgment there, judgment of the nations. But then you will have the thousand-year reign of Christ, Revelation chapter 20, the thousand-year reign of Christ. And then after the thousand-year reign of Christ, you'll have another final battle. You'll have the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20. You'll have a new heaven and new earth, Revelation 21. And then you will have eternity. Now, the question comes, what does the book of Revelation cover? The book of Revelation, as far as I understand, if I do not count Revelation 2 and 3 referring to the church age, it follows the tribulation period through eternity. That's where it goes. This is the scope of the book of Revelation from, from the tribulation period to eternity. And if, notice I said if, Revelation 2 and 3 deal with the church age, which we'll get in next week, then it starts right here at the cross. But for, for my argument tonight, for what I think tonight, we're going to say the book of Revelation right here, right here, begins with the tribulation period and goes to eternity. And that's what the book of Revelation deals with. That's what it deals with. That's the scope of the book of Revelation. That is the time period that the book of Revelation deals with. So when you think about future events, you think about what's going to happen down the road, what does the book of Revelation deal with? It deals with future events that take place after the rapture. Takes place after the rapture. Understand that. So that's the scope of the book of Revelation. I hope that will help a little bit. That brings me to a third thing tonight. Third thing I want to share with you, and that is the title of the book of Revelation. The title of the book of Revelation. I want you to note Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. He said, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You can stop right there. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the actual title of the book of Revelation. Now, why do I say that? Because some Bibles, and I'm going to share a Bible with you that I have that I really like. And uh, I've got a Bible right here 
Some Bibles have a title that's different, they, but it's not based on Revelation 1.1. You probably can't see it right here. I could probably have to step forward, but it, and I will step forward again and show you this. But right here at the top of this page, it says the Revelation of St. John the Divine. The Revelation of St. John the Divine. The problem is verse 1 says the Revelation of Jesus Christ. My friend, it is not the Revelation of St. John. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you need to understand that. And there's a reason I'm going to say that in a minute. But also let me say here, it is not, or it is the revelation, the revelation. And, and what I want you to understand on that is it's singular. It's not plural. You know, you hear some people say, well, the book of Revelations. No, it's not the book of Revelations. It's the book of Revelation is what it is. Revelation. Now, the word revelation, the word revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypsis. Some people say it's apocalypsis, uh, but apocalypsis. And that's where we get our word apocalypse. They call it the apocalypse. You know, the word apocalypsis or apocalypse means an unveiling, a disclosure, or an uncovering, a revealing. And notice he said it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, this is Jesus' revelation. Revelation. Now, what does that mean where it says the revelation of Jesus Christ? That this is Jesus' revelation. Well, there are three things I want to give you. Number one, that means it belongs to him. This is his revelation to us. He is revealing what the Father has given to him. And thus, what he is doing, he's revealing it to John to reveal it to us. And so it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It belongs to him. But not only does it belong to him, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is about him. I, I've got to tell you tonight, the book of Revelation reveals so much about Jesus Christ. In fact, I was thinking about this and I thought, boy, I, I wish we had time tonight to go through verses 12 through through 20 in, in chapter one, because you see a grand picture there of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you though, if you read the book of Revelation and you miss Jesus, you've missed everything. Can I tell you that? That's like this life. If you live this life and you miss Jesus, you've missed it all, right? You have, you have. But then the third thing here, the book of Revelation, not only does it belong to him, not only is it about him, but it's about his plan, the plan that God gave to him. It's his plan, his plan, and he is revealing his plan to us through John. Now you say, what plan is that? The plan for the future. This is what is going to happen one of these days. What you have in the book of Revelation is a revelation of the future. It reveals God's future plan on this earth one of these days. And let me tell you tonight, it is a plan that you and I can understand. It's a plan that you and I can understand. You and I can understand the plan that God has laid out in the book of Revelation. You and I can understand that. It is a, it, it, it's, this book is amazing the way it lays out. Uh, and and let me just tell you that's where we're going to start closing tonight. And and let me close with this one thing. You know, when I think about the Book of Revelation and about understanding the Book of Revelation, I'm here to tell you tonight you can understand it as long as you realize it's prophecy, as long as you realize the scope of it from tribulation period to eternity, 
And as long as you understand that it's Jesus, it's about him, and it's about revealing his plan. But I want you to look down, and, and I want to say this tonight, and I, and I don't want this to sound flippant, and I don't want this to sound bad, or, or I don't want it to sound degrading to anybody. But in my estimation, the book of Revelation is one of the easiest books in the Bible to understand when you get it under, when you get kind of an overview of it. It's one of the easiest books to understand. And in fact, it outlines itself for you. It outlines itself. One of, the, one of the most common outlines that people use with the book of Revelation is found in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19. And if you look down to Revelation 1, 19, you have the instructions to John, the instructions that were given to John. And notice what he says. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, think about that for a minute. There is a perfect outline of the book of Revelation, a perfect outline, a three-point outline. You ready? You want me to give it to you real quick? He said, number one, write the things which thou hast seen. In other words, write what you've already seen, what has already been revealed to you. And what is that? The things in chapter one. So you could say that deals with the past. Then notice the second one here. So chapter one, so write the things which I've seen, chapter one, and the things which are, the things which are. In other words, the things that are right now, what things were right then? Chapters two and three, the messages to the seven churches, seven literal churches that existed at that time, the things that are. So he talks about the present. And then he gives you the third one, write the things which I've seen, the past, Number two, the things which are the present and the things which shall be what? Hereafter. The things that are going to be in the future. And where does that start? Chapter four. Chapter four, he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard uh, was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. There it is the things which must be hereafter. He said, hey, I, you come up here. I'm going to show you what's going to take place down the road. I'm going to show you what's going to take place in the future. So what do you have? Right there, you have an outline of the book of Revelation. The things which are, chapter one, the things that are present, chapters two and three, and the things that are hereafter, chapters four and following. Chapters four and following. Future events, my friends. Future events. Folks, what am I trying to tell you tonight? You can understand the book of Revelation. Hopefully, I've given you a little bit tonight to help you understand about it's a book of prophecy, about the scope of the book of Revelation, and about the title. We'll get into more next week, but let me ask you tonight. Number one, are you saved? My friend, the only way for you to understand the Bible is you must be born again. Have you been saved? Has there been that time in your life where the Spirit of God showed you your need of Jesus Christ and you made him your Savior? Have you done that? You know, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus from heaven, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went to the cross to die as your substitute and mine, was buried, rose again the third day so that you and I could be saved. My friend, if you're willing to repent and by faith accept him, he will give you eternal life in heaven one of these days. Not, and you will have to perish, according to John 3.16. But now let me ask the Christian, what's your relationship to the Bible? Are you studying the Bible? Are you following God's will? Are you depending on the Holy Spirit to teach you what is in this book? My friend, you can understand the Bible. 
What we need today is we just need to get into the Bible and let the Holy Spirit teach us, us what it said, like H.A. Ironside did. He allowed, H. he allowed God to teach him. He studied, self-taught, and look how God used him. My friend, tonight, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been blessed. We'll pick up part two next Sunday night. God bless you. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your goodness and love. And Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would just challenge our hearts, help us to understand your word tonight. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great evening and week.